Warning, this podcast contains heavy spoilers for not just one movie, but entire franchises. We highly recommend going and watching these movies before listening to us as a companion piece that stitches all the timelines into one creepy, crime-ridden story. There will be no more spoiler warnings. We do not break character. After this, there is no turning back. You've been warned. Hit the music. <laughs> you are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Why did Jack the Ripper stop killing people? I don't know. He was taking a stabatica. <laughs> There's some worse ones here. Hang on a minute. Someone once asked me how I'd feel if I was a victim of Jack the Ripper. Well. Got it. Oh, this one says it might be profane. Let's check this one. Jack the Ripper's reasons for killing hookers was pretty understandable. They wouldn't accept him into their ranks, says Jack the Stripper. <laughs> oh, poor Jack. <laughs> Jack the Ripper goes to a doctor with a stabbing pain. Doctor says, tell me more. Jack says, my whole shoulder sore. <laughs> It's not a stabbing pain, it's a pain from stabbing, Amy. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to It's Alive Alive Podcast. This is a true crime, paranormal, interstellar podcast breaking down unbelievable stories that sound like they were ripped straight from the pages of a Hollywood script. I am your host, the man of many names, the outlaw Harley Ray, the bruiser Bronson, Dr. H.R. Smokenstein, THC, or you can call me Josh for short. And with me as always is my very own Scream Queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the Mrs. Indiana Jones, Amy Rose. And you're going to be digging up some bones today, bringing us all the way back to Victorian times. Yeah, 1880-1881. Yeah, right. Okay, but before we go to the past, mm -hmm. I want to go to the future. Okay. And did you see all this shit about oh, the UFOs? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. No, I, I said it to you straight away. I knew aliens were 100% coming when America gave them PC names. When it's not cool to call them aliens anymore, they're now non-human biologics. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's pretty much, it's because, I mean, like, I went home. The last time I went home, my mom was in the kitchen and she was like, so are you ready for the aliens, Amy? It's <laughs> just so natural. Oh, and God, I feel like everybody it's knows. You it. said it to me last. It was like, do you think they're just going to like fucking bring them out of the press conference? Like what? Like that Dave Chappelle oh, skit where it's like, and everybody, aliens are real. Here's my friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I, don't, I think like what we're going to get next is when they eventually say, okay, there are aliens, we'll be given photographs first. We'll be shown stills. Then we'll be shown archive footage. You know, like that um, Ivan ate something or other on um, YouTube that I showed you yeah. of the grey. And I showed I think that sort of shit will start getting shown to us. Okay. And then once they've shown us that enough and we know what they look like and it's been explained to us that they're not going to come and kill us, then they'll put one in front of us. But I will admit, 
I would feel super anxiety and panic the day that they fucking say, yep, they're here. Do you know, I, 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 I'll be a little scared because until I know it isn't a Mars attack situation. But like, as you said, if they're here, they've been here for a long time. So once they've got that confirmed to us, I would be thinking. But then there's the other side of thought that they've kept the quiet for so long. Why did they feel the need to tell us no? But anyway, for people who've been living under a rock and don't know, and this is from Sky News. Non-human biologics were recovered by the U.S. government from crash sites, according to former U.S. intelligence official. David Kirsch said he was absolutely certain the U.S. government is in possession of non-human vehicles. Asked at Congress hearings on UFOs whether the pilots who piloted this craft were also found, he said biologics came with some of the recoveries, yeah. He was then asked if the biologics were human or non-human. He said non-human. So that's where the non-human biologics started. Uh, adding that was that was the assessment of people with direct knowledge of the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. So there's still people working within the government in this alien fucking project. Yeah. He said he prefers to use the term non-human rather than alien or extraterrestrial. So they've said it now. We've heard it from him. He has got first-hand knowledge that the aliens do not want to be called aliens anymore. They are now non-human biologics. Don't fuck up. Don't get cancelled in the future for this shit. I have shit. a question. When the aliens get on X, <laughs> they will come for you. I reckon he's a fucking alien already anyway. They're running X. Because Elon Musk and he fucking space cars, they're fucking alien. <laughs> that dude looks like an alien. He sounds like an alien. Him, Zuckerberg, maybe Bezos. I don't know about Bezos, but they are. If you told me tomorrow morning they were aliens, I'd be like, yeah. And then I would be genuinely scared because wow. they will be the alien overlords that were coming for us. I think they pretty much and I think with fire hair. Oh, I think if the three of them took over, you were looking at communism. See, I knew this would happen. You'd put a microphone in front of me and eventually this would stop being the podcast it's supposed to be and I'd be just like one of those ranting conspiracy guys in their basement roaring at the fucking microphone. The lizard people are coming, people! (laughs) I'm not entirely sure that's not what this is going to do. So the session was held by the House Oversight Committee which covers US national security and foreign affairs. This is pretty foreign, all right. The hearing was announced last week and amid increased attention on reported sightings of UFOs, officially known as Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, or UAPs, I'll never be able to change from UFOs. Mr. Gersh, who said he was not per- he is not personally spotted a UAP, told the panel that he knows of multiple colleagues who were injured by UAPs, citing interviews with 40 witnesses over a four-year period. He said he led the Defence Department efforts to analyse reported UAP sightings and was informed of the programme amid aimed at collecting and reconstructing crashed spacecraft. So is he kind of like uh, J. Allen Hynek in uh, the Black Book? In Black Book. Must Black, be. Blue Book. Blue Book. Blue Books. Must be. Back to this. Asked whether the US government had information about extraterrestrial life, Mr. Kirsch claimed it was likely the US had been aware of non-human activity since the 1930s. Wow. But you can look at, right, again, what we have done in the last hundred years. And you take this hundred years out of all of time since time no, has begun, right? I get right? you. I get what and you're saying. And if you presented... This hundred years, you could take any other moment in time and show it to somebody else in a moment in time. They'd be like, that's cool, but that's possible. We can see how that would work. If you took the last hundred years, picked it up and plonked it down anywhere else in time, they will be like, 
Which, which magic, magic, this shit's just bonkers. We got like, fuck, you could be oh across the world and I can but talk I mean, to you. Like, I can see you. I can, <laughs> I can do it. We, we access to media. Like there's no time. Like I said to you, my dream as a child was to have like a room full of DVDs. Every DVD in the world, a room full of every game in the world, a fucking room full of every CD in the fucking world. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. that's called my phone. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's if you showed our phones to anybody in about even a hundred years ago, they would fucking. It would be burnt. Yeah. It would burn their brain. It would be like a cartoon when the steam starts coming out the fucking ears, you know? So are you telling me like that there was nobody helping us along for the lad? That gave us some little. Because that's what they say is, um, I think it was. Nikola Tesla. No, 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 no. What's the president's name? It was. The dude, they had him in American Horror Story. Who? The dude, the guy who was in Project Blue, uh, Blue Book, the captain, the kind of super army guy. Oh, the guy from um. Was Band it Brothers. Eisenhower he was playing? He... Dewey, Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah, Dewey. But oh, I'm thinking the other guy. You know, he yeah. supposedly met the Greys and made a deal with them. Yeah. And the deal was that they would give us technology. And they could take a certain number of humans every year and do tests on them. But the deal was that the humans had to be put back unharmed and not able to remember. Okay. So that was the deal. And then they say that somewhere along the line that deal got fucked up. It didn't get fucked up, but the aliens stopped following it. I'm not worried. I'm sure they would be like Alf and Paul and they'd be my best friends and one can live here. And it'd be great. <gasps> When they come, we will have a third member of this podcast crew and it will be the alien. Oh, I'm up for that. Yeah, get a complete outsider's perspective. A universal fucking perspective mm -hmm. of this crime. <laughs> awesome. Oh, see, it'll be all great. One of the tall blondes. Hmm? One of the tall blondes. One of the greys. The Nordics. The Nordics. They're tall blondes, I think. And then we get a fucking, because we have the alien perspective in here, we will be able to then market to a wider audience of universe. We'll be rich, man. Oh my God, we'll be killing it. <laughs> okay. For those of you that think we sound different tonight, that's because we've drank about four whiskeys with red Speak lemonade. Speak for yourself. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You like the podcast? Once more, then head on over to our Patreon page where for just five euro a month you get up to 12 extra shows in that month, along with piles of mini swords covering fun facts from the world of horror and true crime. Each week we drop multiple shows such as Real Monsters, where we look at the inspiration behind the movie killers, or Behind the Mask, where we take a look at the influential people and happenings in the world of Hollywood. All this, plus movie reviews, watch-alongs, and regular AMAs. That means ask me anything. You really do get a bang for your buck. And, and by bang, I mean, like, podcast. I'm not soliciting or anything. Shit. Um, moving on. For just five euro a month, all this could be yours. So head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash IAAPod. That's www.patreon.com forward slash IAAPod. And start listening now. Okay, well look, we worry about the aliens when they come. For now, let's hop in the DeLorean. Take a ride back to Victorian London. 
and at Amy tell us a story. I can't fucking wait because I've done the last three in a row and that was my choice. I wanted to do the trilogy, but my fuck, there was a lot of work involved in that <laughs> shit. Thank right. fuck this week I just get to sit back, relax and make comments and judgment. And then straight after <laughs> we finish this, you get to start on next week's. Yeah. Well, I also edit my bit because we are now... But why don't you show me how to edit? <laughs> I can do that, yeah. I finished at 12 on a Friday. Like, you don't look like you're confident in me. I do, I believe yeah, you. Yeah, I can show you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brush it off. <laughs> That's not what's happening here. <laughs> I am fine if with you, you editing. see his face. <laughs> I am fine with you editing. It's no problem. I will show you what to do. I prefer that. It's killing me because at this point, like, again, like, to everybody else that's hearing this, mm -hmm. we are hopefully one week away from launching. After about nine months. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought it would be like a month and we get this shit up. Oh, yeah, it, it's just taking a long fucking time. But yeah, so we're hoping we'll be out by next week. And we're not going but, to say the date. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, by the end of tomorrow, I will have nine podcasts to edit because I'll have the four, first four episodes plus all the stuff for Patreon. Mm. See, it's a clever plug. <clears throat> Where for just five euro, you get loads of extra podcasts <laughs> every month, every single month. And that's why I am being crippled by a workload and, and slowly dying. Because I also have to work 12 hour shifts along with all this shit. So that's awesome. But you also get four days off a week. There is one day that's just sleep and recuperation. I know. I get that. Fuck. You still get three days off a week. And these I'm three sorry. days will be spent editing. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. Okay. Oh, do you know what? Mm -hmm. We can now thank our loyal listeners. Because if somebody's listening to this one, they've listened to the other three. Oh, and yeah. they've stuck around. So thanks for thank sticking you. around, man. <laughs> okay. Let's hear this story. The doctor wants to chill and hear some Victorian shit. Okay, well, on April the 9th, 1881, a woman named Elizabeth Cree was hanged for the murder of her husband, John Cree. So, Elizabeth Cree, also known as Little Lizzie or Lambeth Marsh Lizzie, had a very hard upbringing. So, I'm going to go through like her early life first and a bit about her and why she, why she allegedly killed her husband. And then we'll go through Allegedly. the murders that her husband slash Lizzie were linked to. Two of them? Like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of situation? Not exactly. Oh, no, it sounds like that, of bullets. <laughs> it's more twisty than then. Than, 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 I mean, like Bonnie and Clyde are pretty much just, just straightforward, Straight like Gears like of War, Mickey just fucking, yeah. Anyway, so... Elizabeth, I'm just going to call her Lizzie, it's way easier. Lizzie had a very hard upbringing. So she was the daughter of a single mother, which you're a crap basically at that time for being the, the child of a single mother. And they lived. Harlot. Yeah, well, the two of you seen like that, especially if you're a girl. What, the and daughter too? Yeah. Yeah, are you see, oh, I was, she had no, no, Slut well, by association. she got on very, very well for her status in life at the time. I know that sounds terrible, but, but like, you know, like it's, it's, 
Victorian mm. London, and you're on the docks, like, and you're you're, you're your mother's a single mother. I've seen stuff about Victoria. I've seen that Jack the Ripper movie from hell, and there seems to be nothing but hookers all over the place. So well, I that's because they're in that fun. area of London, like. The you red know? light district. Well, yeah, exactly. Victoria. Dodgy. <laughs> Actually, I think it happens close to Whitechapel Lane. Yeah, but eight years before Jack Dripper. Was this guy ever caught? We, oh, yeah, obviously we were caught. Well, like... Well, I was mm, going to say, could is there a possibility that they could just be early Jack? Okay. Or inspiration for early Jack? I'm not confirming anything yet, whether they have or haven't been caught or who's what. Because really, oh, this is kind of one of these stories you might have to make up your, to your own mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Continue. Okay, so... As I was saying, she was, Lizzie was the daughter of a single mother at the time and they were living uh, on the docks and they, her mother for a living mended and made sailcloth for sailors. I would assume that would be a busy enough trade back in that time. It would be, but it would also be a docks. dodgy enough trade if you're sending your very young daughter down to the docks to give the, the sails at the time to the workers in the dockyards. Why were they dirty workers? Mm, some of them were kind of fatherly towards Lizzie because she used to entertain them with songs that they'd have heard in the music halls. But there was, I mean, like there, there was one or two, like, do you know, like... Dirty old beggars. It has been implied, yes, yeah, that she was sexually assaulted when she was very much underage by, by dog work. Not that that makes there should be no, but like, yeah, she, she would have been sexually assaulted by them. Yuck. A few of them. Castration, all of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then, I mean, like, especially in the olden times, right? Because they would yeah. have had, like, you know, executions and stuff like that. They should have, like, a mini little guillotine. <laughs> they bring it up uh, with the balls in there and it's just and two little tiny baskets and I need the ketchup. Quick, see, are still moving? <laughs> I heard 10 mm. seconds afterwards, I can still go, it winked at me. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, unfortunately for Lizzie, if she went home and she told her mother, things would only get worse. Her mother was an extremely, like, think of uh, Goodnight Mr. Tom. She was extremely religious. Do you know? Uh, this but Tom was, was nice. He was oh, nice. His mother. Mother, oh, his mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know, it was creepy. Like, so, talking water boy situation uh, here. My mom oh, with that. Worse, <laughs> worse, worse, worse. Like, she, but that was, she was common enough, though, like, up until even recently enough like where oh, yeah. the embarrassment like you hear that when you hear about women who don't like report rapes it's mm. the embarrassment of having to be the rape victim like you know and then outside that back in those times it was the man's always you would go up back until recently and your parents, the man was always going to come yeah, out yeah your parents would turn around and be like well what the fuck did you oh, do to exactly. turn them on victim, like you know victim <laughs> like yeah yeah Watch you walking around with your ankles showing, mm -hmm. you slut. <laughs> but that's exactly the way Lizzie's mom saw it. And if she had gone back, and now she had gone back before and told her what had happened, and she was bet for it, like because yes. yeah. So now, eventually, Lizzie's mother died extremely underage of some kind of. It, it was reported to be kidney problems at the time. I have That's a few thoughts about that. Yeah. Oh, you what you think? Yeah, but we foul we'll, play. We'll, yeah, we we'll get into that later. So at the moment, it's it was kidney problems. When Lizzie was younger, to get away from everything, she used to go to the music halls in Drury Lane. I think it was. Let me find the the exact name. London's Theatre Royal in Drury Lane, 
and that was run by a man called Uncle. So when her mother was still alive, she'd go down to this place and it would, you know, there would be comedy, panto, you know, drag acts. And she kind of just, to escape from it <laughs> I have a question for you. Do you know who lives on Jury Lane? Oh, I know it's a nursery rhyme. Right? This took me forever to work out and I refuse to Google it. I have been working on this for a few days and I don't want to click to me today. I, I can literally kind of get that it lives on Drury Lane, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't. It's not just in a, it's not just in a nursery rhyme, it's in a movie as well. She's doing a dance here, like, you can't see, but she dances here with excitement that she knows this and I don't, don't know Because it's taken me days and it's actually, it's a really interesting tidbit. See, for some reason, I'm singing it in my head like an old Irish fucking rebel song. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. but you see, do you know why that is? Because what? there's a Drury Lane in, the, in Dublin. Because I had Googled this to make sure I wasn't the Dublin Drury Lane. And I was like, it's not the Dublin Drury Lane. And I was like, hoping this song is nothing like the Nursery Rhyme that it is. And then today, you had AEW on. I can't remember whose entrance music it was today, but it clipped at me who's, who, what, what this was. Go on. It's the Muffin Man. Uh-huh. Do you know the Muffin, Muffin Man, the Muffin, Muffin Man. Man? And he's in Shrek. But he lived Fuck. on Drury Lane and the rumour is that he lived on Drury Lane between 1589 and 1598. What, the Muffin Man? And his real name was Frederick Thomas Linwood. Reportedly, he killed as many as 15 children by luring them into dark alleys with a muffin tied on a string. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Also also allegedly killed seven rivalry pastry (laughs) chefs with a sharpened wooden spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Every Irish person in the world is shitting their pants at the door of a sharpened wooden wooden spoon. spoon. Is it not bad enough? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and for Irish vampires, you see them coming, you get the shot and doing soon stick them to the head. Mama, no! Yeah, and you do that thing with your mother to have you by the arm. I have one hand over your mother's arm. Your arm over have the wooden spoon, and you will be arching penis up to the heavens trying to get away from this woman. <laughs> It's not mad though how you can get bent over by your arm. <laughs> to be fair though, right? I reckon it was a psychological thing. I don't think I, I ever. I think really I got remember. hit once by mistake. Sorry, mom. Maybe I just didn't once. Think you got me by mistake. I yeah. don't actually remember my mother ever actually hitting me with the wooden spoon. I remember the threats, and I remember robbing the oh, wooden and spoon and getting rid of them. Oh yeah, yeah. We chased around the fucking house yeah. with it, but I don't remember ever actually getting hit with a wooden spoon so i mean they, they, so our parents didn't physically abuse no. us they just gave us terrible ptsd when it comes to cooking do you know the way mexicans go on go on about their moms and flip-flops <laughs> <Throw the laughs> like, at them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i think that's the way irish people are with wooden spoons the americans got it worse we right. uh, would uh, go cut a switch Go out and literally go out to the tree, cut a branch off yeah. and bring it back to me. And if it's too small, you get twice as much of a open I'm just going to point out that up until 50 or 40 or 50 years ago in Ireland, it was legal for a husband to beat his wife with a switch that was no thicker than his thumb. Cut away now with that. fucking lucky. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay. go on. <laughs> okay. So anyway... 
This was where Lizzie went to escape everything like so obviously she had a really fucking shit start at life. Look, if you've got a sharp wooden spoon in your house, you've had a shit start. Uh, <laughs> and one of her idols was Dan Lino. Now, Dan Lino, also known as his actual real name, George Wilde Gavin, he was a music hall comedian and musical theatre actor. And he was known for you know, like doing a lot of dames and pantomimes and a lot of comedy. <clears throat> but he 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 would he was you know like a music hall veteran. He would have started at age four with his parents, and then at the age of nine, like he had a solo. Well, first was always the same. What was it like oh, back in well, the day? Yeah, where no. people were like, it's behind mm. you. When I was younger, we would have done a lot of pantos, like you know, like the family, like every, mm. every Christmas. But what stood out to me when I was researching um, Dan Lino was we did it one year, and it was um, it was a lad or not Aladdin, it was Dick Whittington. Was it? No, it was Aladdin, sorry. And my dad was Aladdin. But there was a dame in it, it was Dame Twanky. And I actually came across a picture today of Dan Lino dressed as Dame Twanky, which oh. I thought was pretty cool. So he was also did Mother Goose. And I mean, like just this year, just past, Ian McKellen played Mother Goose in a panto in London. I would have seen your dad as a genie more than Aladdin, to be honest. No, my dad was was Aladdin and he sang uh, Garth Brooks, um, the dance. Uh, he also kissed another woman on stage, which was quite cool. <laughs> I didn't Awkward. see it, but I remember me and my cousins were asking my mom about it and she was like, oh, it was, it was just a kiss. But then it was on like the video that you get like, you know, like afterwards of it all recorded. And it was, it was a very kind of like 1940s, like. Your dad froze that still and just kept playing it over and over again. No. <laughs> he also sang You Got a Friend in Me. That was fun. You Got a Friend. Wrong fucking movie. That's what? a Toy Story song. Yeah, I know, but you see, the whole point of pantos is you don't sing songs from Aladdin. Does Aladdin not morning? have enough songs? No, but you see, this isn't Aladdin. I've this never isn't been Disney to a Aladdin. Panto. A panto. Oh my god, Josh! Mm. It's 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 not. It became a thing with my mother when Joseph was my youngest brother uh, was around, and then obviously she takes Riley every so year. You've never done the whole. He's behind you. I remember seeing the ads constantly on TV growing up, and loving to go to one. And I was never ever brought to one because they were never down here. But now they're intrally, and I'm never seen one. I went to see Aladdin actually, the same one with Mondo, Mondo, Mondo. Do you remember you were on Fair City and mm. he was playing Aladdin? And I think um, Custard Rasta. Yeah, I, I didn't used like to love him that. Fair City, but I like Custard Rasta. I like Custard Rasta. And then when I realised who he was, I liked to be Fair City. So it was just all the ones. He was, uh, what was it? He was like a stand. He was a wannabe stand up. Yeah. And your man from. Uh, oh, no, no, not the dog one. Um, Man About Dog? Man About Dog. Do you remember the guy who had the blink? Wasn't that he's his manager? Which guy? His guy had the blink? Oh my god. The guy who, who was unlucky. That's why he had the blink. See, I'm thinking of two different things. This isn't the one with Pat Short that's really sad or sad at the end, is no, it? No, that's the garage. The garage. Where he okay, walks right. off up oh, into the river. don't. Yeah. Breaks my heart every time. No, can't. Poor Pat. Don't. I think he was playing a special across the that My one. granddad thought Pat Short had to play the trumpet. Oh. Mm -hmm. There's one for you. Claim to fame. <laughs> Anybody listening to this outside of the country of Ireland, mm -mm. Pat Short is a comedian from Ireland. Mm -hmm. Once part of the duo, The Unbelievables. Oh, they're decent. And uh, they're decent if you're Irish. Okay, I, yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine <laughs> with the someone, skis, with, with the someone from outside this country <laughs> trying to watch the video? Oh, do you think they would understand a single <laughs> word in that whole fucking? movie 
probably not. But I'm just going to point out right now, I think any country would, would understand the garage. I struggled that at times to understand what, what they were saying. <laughs> Years later, I was watching it and I was like, oh. Uh, is that not part of the point, though? It's not the part. It's, it's part of the attraction. It's to part of the mind. point of the grunt when he comes in. <laughs> and we all know and that's the thing like in a, back in the 90s in the Irish community there was always one guy to me anyway it just sounded like he was going oh, yeah, every oh, yeah. adult seemed to know exactly what he was saying mm-hmm. no I realised at this point they were probably just going oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just trying to get away as well but at the time, it seemed to me like all the adults understood this guy and I could not make out a fucking word coming out of his mouth. Anyway, how do we get on to this? I don't oh, yeah, know. with Dan Lino. <laughs> Dan Lino, he was, one, was he one of these guys? Going, no, he was very... Oh, the, 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 the dames and pantos is what we were. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he Pantomime. was... He was, you know, he was extremely successful. Like, so especially during the eighteen eighties and eighteen nineties, he would have been one of the highest paid comedians in the world. Yes. So, after Oscar winner money. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. So after Lizzie's mother died, she stopped backstage one night, and that was in September eighteen seventy eight. And there she meets Dan Lino, uncle of the ventriloquist. Uh, a lady called Doris. She actually leaves shortly after Lizzie joins the group for whatever reason. Doris. Yeah. And then you have little Victor Farrell who was a dwarf. Okay, that's okay. So I was going to say, if a guy is called little Victor, he sounds connected. I think you need to be careful around little Victor. But if he's a... a Little Victor sounds like he can be part of the... Right one. What's the right word? Well, you can't say the M word, Josh. What, micro? <laughs> <laughs> the other M-I word. <laughs> Followed with the letter after C. But, but but I don't like that word. I'm just saying that right now. Why is it little per- what, what is the... No, and this is genuine, not me stagging. Yeah, What's no, the I, genuine... You see, I don't use... I, I thought that they preferred... Fun size. Fun size person. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> What's wrong with... I caught Roach fun size only like three hours ago. Oh god, but that's okay because you and Roach are basically like, you know, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger died to Vito. Yeah, Roach would be delighted with that analogy. Sorry, <laughs> right, buddy, I'll take one for the team. I'll be Danny. I like Danny. Yep. The term person of short stature, little person and dwarf are commonly used in the United States to a person with a medical condition called dwarfism. So because the medical condition is actually called dwarfism. Okay. I don't know. That's what I'm getting from it. Maybe I'm wrong. So, so, so please like correct me if I am wrong. Please. Please correct Josh because he's not going to listen to me. <laughs> and she also met there. <laughs> In the theatre, a woman called the Ab- and They're only supposed to be like four foot as well. Can I call them fun size? <laughs> fun size No, nope, we're going to call them non-human biologics <laughs> until we are told otherwise. What? Okay, go for it. Sorry. So she meets little Victor, <clears throat> who was a dwarf. Fun size Victor. Little Victor, who happened to be very small. And Aveline Mortimer. Aveline, Aveline, I'm not too sure how to how to pronounce it, but I don't really care because she was well, she was a bit Maybe of a bitch, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Aveline. 
I'm just going to call her Aveline now because I don't have to sing her name every time. <laughs> Aveline Mortimer. So she was a bit of a bitch, to be honest. And like from the minute Lizzie got in there, like she was like mean girl plastic to her. So part of that fact is part of the reason for her being absolutely awful to Lizzie is because Lizzie was actually a better performer than her. But also a man called John Cree started to develop feelings for Lizzie. Yeah, now Aveline, I think she had a bit of a friends with benefits kind of thing with not, well, from what we get of it, it's just John Cree, but from what I get of her, it's probably friends with benefits situation with, there, with everybody. Let's, and let's be honest about it. There is never, ever, 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 ever a friends with benefits situation. Where someone turns she doesn't in, have. That turns into a fucking solid good relationship. Oh, this had a potential though. <laughs> genuinely this had the potential to and I actually I'll get into it but I might feel a bit sorry for John Curry and Aveline by the end of it so but even though she was a bitch <clears throat> so she the first time Lizzie started hanging out you know like helping out backstage first then eventually she was there to do a tiny bit of drama on stage very very tiny bit maybe like a line here or there and her first line on stage Aveline sabotaged it because John had a thing for Lizzie. Oh, yeah. Now, the thing with the John and Lizzie was Lizzie came across as very innocent at the time. And John saw her as the kind of girl that should be looked after and shouldn't be in the music halls because they had kind of like a body reputation. So he was a bit of a pedo. pedo. No, pedo. no. Pedo. I, I don't think he was a bit <laughs> of a pedo. pedo. I think he was just as in he saw her as cultured, as in kind of like a an innocent girl wasn't that, wasn't, exactly wasn't like, for a, yeah yeah even though he hung out there yeah that's it <laughs> and uh, there's a bit more that would kind of you know, play into that but we'll go into that soon not too long but um so Aveline being arranging thunder see you next Tuesday to Lizzie was the least of her worries so uncle he was the ventriloquist that she had met backstage and the owner of the theater and little Victor were pretty much awful to her. Why was he called Uncle? I think it's a bit of a pervy name. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing. It does not give off the best of... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great at all. I don't think I could call somebody that wasn't my... I can't even call my uncle Uncle. No, I No, we're on pretty much that. first name basis. Like, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I do think of is... Uh, the Indians call a lot of, do you know, like, their higher, do you know, like, older, yeah, like, yeah. elder women auntie and stuff. She like has it's, it's our reservation dogs. They're all, they're all the women are auntie. That's it. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's Native Americans. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That, and I think of um, the boondocks with Uncle Ruckus. But is he actually their uncle? No. No. no <laughs> right. Uncle Ruckus to everybody. I didn't know that. I thought he was there, like grand uncle, but he was just like known as Uncle. No, he's just a random crazy guy, really. I, 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 I think Uncle Ruckus is just his name in that show. We should try and turn Roach into Uncle Ruckus for the lads, because I mean, like he's not their actual <laughs> uncle, but he's always like Uncle Roach to them. Like, oh, he's already that. We don't need to make him like Papa Yeah, but I mean, like they're grandkids when he's like that age. <laughs> Act like an absolute racist lunatic. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> That's what Uncle Ruckus is. He's a black man, but he hates the fact that he's black and he hates all other black people. I know, yeah. And he's hanging out with the other black uh, black fellas and, uh, and uh, it's just... Uh, <laughs> but he's licking the ass of the white guy. He's, <laughs> he's such a ridiculous character. <laughs> I like the music. 
Oh, I like that show. It's a good show. <laughs> so anyway, Uncle, the ventriloquist, we have no idea why he's called Uncle, used to make Lizzie Pode for nude photos and actually beat him for his sexual gratification. Creepy Uncle, is what they should have been calling uh, him. Creepy Uncle. Now, there is... Stay there was kind of rumours backstage <laughs> kind of flying around that Lizzie kind of enjoyed it. Not the posing for the nude photographs, but the beating him. Yeah, which we're kind of playing later to no, but I mean like this uh, from what was the rumor at the time was it was pretty hardcore. No, yeah, each to their own, but it would kind of play in later to other things in my head. Now I'm not king shaming or anything, but 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 like yeah, and little Victor, he used to sexually. I really don't know. I, I don't think there was any witnesses Thank to it, uncle. just kind of rumours. Yeah. <laughs> Little Victor, on the other hand, he had been known for sexually assaulting pretty much fucking everything. Uh, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say that Victor was going to be involved in this. I was going to say that would be the most fucked up thing. I get everything. This girl being whipped by Uncle and Little Victor. <laughs> yep. Okay, it's honesty time. We have a confession to make. We suck at socials! No good at Insta! Can't send a tweet! Or an X! Or whatever that super villain looking motherfucker is calling it now! Stick to your space cars, Elon! But we know, you wanna chat. You wanna be kept updated. You wanna be alive alive all the goddamn time. So we're getting down from the anti-social soapbox and giving this a try. So come chat to us on Insta and Twitter at AliveAlivePod or hit us up by email at itsalivealivepod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. This is a project. It's still a work in progress and we just want to give you more of what you like and less of what you can't stand. So give us a like, give us a follow. We'll always hit you back and we'll always try to reply to everyone. So come say hi. We don't bite. Well... At least Amy doesn't. And she keeps me well fed, so you got nothing to worry about. Now, back to the show! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where were anyway, we? Anyway, little Victor. Moving on. Little Victor used to sexually assault pretty much everybody. Oh, well, fuck him. I call him what I want then. All right, well. <laughs> Stick it up your ass, little and Victor. And one night, <laughs> he gets a bit. Now, it's not confirmed he got handsy, but from everybody at the table that night, what went down was... Now, at the table, you had Aveline, John Cree, Lizzie, Little Victor. There's one or two others from the chorus, and they're all around the table. And they're all talking, everybody's drinking, you know, everything's fine. And next thing, Lizzie jumps, and Little Victor gets shitty with her. Okay. So, yeah. But John, from what... And I think it, 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 it was obvious to everybody what had happened under, uh, underneath the table from what had you what, what happened underneath the table what I had just said that he pretty much sexually assaulted every female oh, hold on one minute now little Victor is sitting next to this woman yeah surely everyone would see little Victor reaching for the area he was going because he is little Victor he got short arms whether he's going downstairs or upstairs the guy's gotta reach yeah, and I'm just Unless saying, I'm like just a foot. Going foot wise, mm -hmm. right? In which case, mm -hmm. you're a nasty little fucker, little Victor. I'm anyway, there is a bang under the table <laughs> after after she jumps, and John Cree then straight as flash offers to walk Elizabeth home. So the next morning, little Victor's found dead at the end of the stairs. Mm hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's seen as an accident at first. Now, there is rumour of foul play, but he's known for his drinking as well. 
So yeah, he's found dead at the end of the stairs. And then uncle, a while afterwards, is found dead in his bed. Natural cause? Possibly. Possibly. I'm saying he could have been poisoned. I'm just putting that out there now. That's not natural causes. That's not natural causes, but possibly, possibly natural causes. Maybe poisoned. That's just what's in my head. But again, we will go into Circumstantial evidence. Mm, or is I want to throw it out, Your Honor. Objection. Badger. Defamation of my character. <laughs> my, Defamation not my of his character, character. Or my uh, client's character. Shit, lawyer. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> Defamation. <It's closed>. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that. I would love to become a solicitor. <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> How did your how do that? <laughs> I, know. I don't actually think it's a thing. I learned that from The Simpsons because that's what I was taking the piss out of them. I know, I know. Like a lot, but. Can you imagine how the judge would react? I think there'd just be a moment of silence to while he's trying For about fucking 10 years, me. just so you can walk in on your first day and be like, case closed. You're disparate. <laughs> Get totally off the court. Totally worth it. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> my parents would be so proud of it. <laughs> so many sidebars, you keep getting lost. I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, we were... Oh yeah, Uncle dies. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and you were trying to sue me over it. No, I wasn't. I was trying to just protect his, his character. <laughs> He's the one that's fucking He was dead. a bit of BDSM. Mm, he also made, made her, literally forced her to pose she for nude photos. Okay, right, right. She enjoyed the beating him, but maybe that's because he made her pose for <laughs> nude photos. <laughs> I, I don't get your logic here. No, that's not my logic, but I'm just saying maybe that's part of it, okay. but I know what my logic is, which will become apparent later. Which is enough. <laughs> yes, exactly. So then shortly after, oh yeah, well, Uncle actually owned the theatre. So in his will, the theatre then was left to Dan Leno. So he got like even richer again and owned a whole theatre company. So he was on the pig's back. And everything turns up roses for Dan Leno. And I actually, uh, I really like him. So I'm happy with that. Okay. I really like Dan Leno. I don't know a whole pile about Dan Leno. No, the more I read about him, the more I read, I, you know. Anyway. Dan Leno bought the... I got the thing. Oh yeah, Dan Leno, he, he inherited the theatre and John Cree professed his undying love to Lizzie and they got married. Ooh. So Aveline was obviously really shitty about that again. But then as soon as she was married, obviously it was just for protection because she actually hired Aveline as a maid and like encouraged her to be sleeping with John so that she wouldn't have to go and sleep with John. So she didn't like him at all? Not really. So, kind of make you wonder how she drew him in. See, I don't understand how people do that. Back I mean, then I do. Now I don't. Back then I do. Back then like I think hear, that like, for, well, for a woman where like, she came from, how else was she going to get further in the world? When you stop her? and think that you only have one life to live, yeah. how the fuck do you make the decision to live that entire life with someone you do not like? I mean, you and me... I mean, not to be bragging about or anything, but if we have to leave for 10 minutes, the other one's going about fucking, I'll miss you. <laughs> and when I go to work, I, I realise half the time I don't want to be at work is because I want to be at home with you. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. So it's like, 
Oh, in my head, and because I saw with my parents, they had such a good relationship. And then yeah. all the relationships in my family were pretty fucking good relationships. Everyone mm. was mad. All, all the husbands and wives were mad about each other, mm. you know? And the ones that aren't broke the fuck up. Yeah. They didn't stick around together. They, they moved on and found relationships that made them happy, like, you know? And I'm good with that. I think that's a positive thing. I always said that to you. I was like, if... When we first started going out, I kind of pointed out, before we knew we were absolutely fucking going to be glued to each other for life, mm. it was like, you know, if we got to a position where we were fucking just despised each other, but I'm not going to do the whole staying together for the kids thing, because I think that's worse for the kid. Oh yeah, definitely. That's going to fuck yeah. the kid up, why? He's not going to know how a relationship should work if you're watching the fucking mm. parents just hate each other all the fucking no. time. Yeah. If you're in that position, split up. Let them see. Let your kids see you in two positive relationships where you're happy with your partner rather than fucking mm. staying together and hating each other. Now, again, we're lucky in that position. We're 10 years in and we're fucking going strong. Oh, know? yeah, definitely. So, now, I will point out, in Lizzie's case, I think it's because she's a narcissist. I don't know. I think that's uh, why she was able to stay with them because yeah. John Cree was a playwright. He had this script put together called Misery Junction. And she saw herself in that. So she saw this as a marriage of convenience that this was but going to further her it's careers. Crazy. Like, yeah. you know, people can look at this and think, mm. I will spend my life with this person to get ahead in life, like, you know? Yeah. As oh, opposed yeah. to fucking just being crazy about this person, you know? Now, I would say that Lizzie could have got there of her own accord. I mean, prior to her being married, one night, well, she she came out onto stage one night, but the but 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 the rumor has it that backstage she just came out to Del Nino one night dressed in one of his sailor suits and started doing a little kind of blue song for him, like kind of rem like what you'd hear at the time. It was kind of kind of nearly like limericky kind of songs, yeah. like extremely blue. Yeah, exactly. And she was doing the whole drag that was very popular at yeah. the time, but in reverse. And the whole thing was that the costume was too small for her, like so that added to the comedy again. And Dan Lino absolutely loved it, whereas Aveline was like, "Why is she, you know like he's shitting all over it again?" And she tried to sabotage it again, and it didn't work. But everybody absolutely loved her in this so i mean like she had the potential i think she could have furthered her own career without john creek obviously but that's i mean like that... what you're saying there it sounds mm. like she saw an opportunity and, oh, and without she fucking went masking, for it. She, she had the smarts yeah she had the mentality of better to ask for forgiveness than beg for fucking mm -hmm. you know permission like you know and but do you know sometimes i like I, I wonder as well and again you see later i wonder did all the attention that she got from the dock workers from knowing these songs and when they went she went down and again the ones that weren't pervy the more fatherly ones that were like oh my god she's brilliant like we'll give her all the attention obviously because do you know like this is probably the only sunshine they were getting like during that day like did it kind of build her up in her own head did it kind of feed into her i do believe her narcissistic do you know, like, but you don't think that to be like that kind of a celebrity, you have to be a bit narcissistic anyway. Yeah, but not you know? as narcissistic as I believe <gasps> she was. Do you think if we get super popular doing this, we'll get narcissistic? I'm going a mad killing spree. Absolutely not. But we'll run all this stuff to talk we about. We'll be like, let's go make content. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to bring you down to the gun range more often. So Literally me live fucking streaming. Like, and that's when Josh shot the, the, the bank teller. <laughs> Amy then bagged up the money. Bag up the money, Amy. The story's going. This sounds a lot like Dog Day Afternoon. So I think we should change it. We should... Uh... Oh, nobody, no, the bank teller doesn't get shot, do they? No one gets shot. Gets shot. I love that two movie. fucking guys. That's shitty, yeah. Poor Fredo. Twice. Yeah. yeah. 
two movies and then he dies again. And then he dies in real life. That's heartbreaking. He was with um, not Gwen Stefani. But what's her Gwen. He, oh, really what's her name? Gwen Stefani. It's not Gwen Stefani. Not Glenn Close. It's it's a G. It's um, G. I have a clue. Um, Meryl Streep. It's not a G. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. I got but, it. Uh, but yeah, but he's only been in like four or five movies. That's because he died again. And. Yeah. If it's four movies, three of them are Oscar winners. No, and I think they're all movies, Oscar winners. Oscars, something I'm like pretty that. sure they're all Oscar them. winners, no? Yeah, but he, one of his first, first movies is an Oscar winner. Oh, winners. you see, I thought he was like literally the Godfather only person two, that's been in Dog all Oscar winners. And there's another one. Was he in Deer Hunter? I don't know. He's in another one. He might has be an Oscar or a nomination or win or something. I'll watch that again soon. If you don't want to, that's fine. I'll watch it when you're at work, but just let me know. I want to give it a chance again because like I said, when I watched that was when I was deep in my painkiller phase nice. of recuperation cool so after she starts her career in reverse drag is that what we call it reverse drag and she, she she's basically a drag queen drag king at the time yeah it's not reverse drag. it would be drag queen drag, yeah, drag you're king. Still, still but drag, i've heard the term reverse drag before i just don't like it I don't that's not reverse it's... drag reverse drag you're just reverting back to not default <laughs> no you're because reverse, reverse drag, drag you've just no, went from man to put no, back to girl because like. drag that term originates in the victorian music houses where drag dressed as girl was literally dressed as girl I'd like to abbreviate it to is there a specific AG, word for which is drag dressed as girl dressing as a man drab which ugh, you do not want to be drab I'm <laughs> just a no but I'm saying dressed as boy yeah, yeah, yeah. drab yeah. is that what drag means holy shit I just explained it to you and you just went dressed and kept talking and now it's holy pennies fuck. after talking <laughs> good 30-40 seconds I never knew I thought the penny was going to drop and I was like he's obviously heard this before okay well that was on no need yeah dressed drag. as girl yeah fucking uh-huh. hell no never yeah. ever ever did I know that mm-hmm. so it was from about this time if not a bit earlier that you'd see that written in the sidebar as a script and it would be dressed as girl Drags. That's why I'm saying reverse drag would have to make sense, sense like yeah, because it's yeah. not you're dressing as a girl, you're dressing as a boy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm yeah. Anyway, so after all this and after she she marries John and things start to go downhill. And part of the reason for that is because John is working on his play Misery Junction and obviously she wants to be part of this play to further her career because she sees it as like a big dramatic piece. And it's basically a retelling of her own life. Um, Yeah, there's not much to say about it other than that was very poorly received. Loosely based on events. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. The joke was not much about it. What's his name? What's the guy that got in trouble for sex stuff? He played the general. The general. Oh, House of Cards. Oh, Kevin American Spacey. Beauty. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. So Kevin Spacey's version of the uh, ordinary Kevin Spacey decent. be the general? Like our general? Ordinary no decent. No way. Yeah. Ordinary decent criminal is what it's called. But he, I don't think he, I think names are changed in it and the little bits are changed in it. And then they released the general with fucking Brendan Gleeson afterwards. Well, I'm just going to say it right Gleeson now. Brendan Gleeson will always be my general. Oh, yeah. That's because the general and Brendan Gleeson are doppelgangers. Yeah. They are identical. Yeah. Identical. In fact, I truly believe that the general faked his death and became Brendan Gleeson. 
<laughs> Does Brendan Gleeson not make you very proud to be Irish? I love Brendan Gleeson. He makes me extremely proud. My favourite proud. Irish Absolutely actor of all down. time is yeah. Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Everything Brendan Gleeson does is Mr. Mercedes was just something else. He's my yeah. favourite. He's... Brendan Gleeson can do no fucking wrong. When I used to read Harry Potter, I, I pictured Mad Eye completely different to Brendan Gleeson. The next thing I saw Brendan Gleeson, oh, and I, I will never see Mad Eye any other person I except Brendan Gleeson. I think I was Gleason. close to that yeah. image. It wasn't but obviously I mean, like, exact, was but there was, a, there was a close to that image that when I saw him, I was like, played him perfectly. Yeah. I love Brendan Gleeson. Anyway. Me too. Anyway. So, uh, that's part of the reason that the relationship breaks down so the play is badly received she kind of rushed it onto the stage John was saying oh it's not ready for the stage and he was dead fucking right and everybody pans like his career starts to go down a tiny bit and he's kind of blaming her and she's blaming him and then the next thing you know Brent or Brendan sorry just because we talk about Brendan Gleeson John winds up dead one morning in his bed that's her husband that's her husband yeah, okay. yeah. so George Flood, PC George Flood, is called to the scene and in his, you know, his statement, his notes that he takes, he comes on, he comes across John Cree lying in his bed, he's face down and clearly like not breathing, dead. And he starts talking to Lizzie and everything seems, you know, like obviously he took his own life but like left no note kind of thing. So they like, could they tell reckon, he, he poisoned They reckon him. he was poisoned, yeah, he was poisoned. How could they tell back then though? I'm not too sure because there, you know, there wasn't really did an autopsies back yeah. then see it better. Oh, they could, yeah, yeah. So, so they knew that he was poisoned after the fact. But I think it was just the fact that he had no underlying medical conditions. You know, there was a glass beside his, his his bedside table and then it didn't help that Aveline came in who was employed as the maid to shag John at the time. Oh, came oh, yeah, in the okay, next morning, anyway. that morning when he's dead and she's, you know, talk now, I reckon she did it on purpose, but she's talking uh, like, like you normally would if, you know, he, he, the master of the household is after being like, you know, <laughs> found dead and she's like, Oh, but mistress, you always make him a drink before he goes to bed. Ah. So in a statement, apparently, from Joy, from PC Flood, Lizzie gets a bit uncomfortable at this. And she kind of reprimands Evelyn. Not, not harshly, but a bit like, you know, like, too... Mind your business, bitch. Yeah, but at the time, like, there was Get a thing of, if you're the, the help, you shut quarters. the fuck up until... Yeah, but that's it. You don't speak. <laughs> so she tried to make it come across as in speak when you're spoken to kind of thing. But PC Flood already took notice at that time. And, of course, it was like... Lizzie Cree, you are under the arrest on or under arrest on suspicion for murdering your husband, John Cree. So she's taken to custody. Okay. Yes. So. Right. So this so far, this is a, a this story is about a wife shot, killing like, her husband. Yeah, there's more to it though. Okay. I'm just giving you Lizzie's story. Okay. So, Tell it to me, Lizzie. <clears throat> She is brought into custody for the murder of her husband and at the same time on the night that her husband dies, whether he's murdered or at this stage murdered, you know, died, whatever, there is a, a, a pretty devastating killing and that is of a whole family. So uh, that would be, sorry, <laughs> it's 
Sorry, I just need to get there. Oh, yeah, whole family. <laughs> no, 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 edit that out. Would you fuck off? Edit it out. Shit, shit, shit. Now you have to edit it out. Oh, no. Shit, shit, shit. We've cursed the whole way through the podcast. Mother fucking cunting bollocks. You can say what you just want up until absolute racism. Just edit it out. Just edit it out. So on the same night that John died, there was a pretty brutal... Uh, pretty... <laughs> a pretty brutal murder it's not funny it's a whole family it was the Jared family so they were slaughtered in their own house in Ratcliffe Highway so this house which happened to be a second-hand draper shop at the time was the site of a second-hand drapers sh uh, shop about 80, year 80 years beforehand where a whole family and their apprentice was also murdered there Ooh, mm -hmm. see what you did there. Nice. Yes. Very good. So there is a very famous essay written about the the the, the early murders in Radcliffe Highway by Thomas De Quincey, and it's called "On Murder Considered as One as the, the Fine Arts." So just remember that because that's going to come into play later. Okay. Okay. So, PC George Flood that came on to George Crees death he mm -hmm. was working under inspector John Kildare and John Kildare had just been put onto the case of the murder in a Ratcliffe Highway. Was he Irish? If he was Irish he was a few generations back. Just I think he was pretty uh, yeah but I'm pretty sure he well you see you think that but then due to the plantations like his his like great 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 grandfather could have been could like have named Sir Henry Percy of Kildare like then then like Percy could have been dropped and it could have been just like so he would have been landed gentry. Or he could have been the person that Kildare was named after. Oh no. No. Okay, yeah, Kildare. Kildara. Kildara. Yeah. yeah that's not that's not English in any way. It's Irish. We like to kill shit, so we put it in front of all our place names. <laughs> so. What's your toe named after the person we want to kill the most? Kill there. <laughs> kill coming. Uh, kill Arnie. <laughs> I'm just going to point out now, for the benefit of all our foreign listeners, that kill is basically church. So if we have kill. Kill the church! <laughs> Oh Jesus! So if we have Killarney, which is Killorna, it's the Church of Arnie. <laughs> Shut up. Kildare would be Kildara, the Church. The Church of Dara. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> don't play us backwards either because I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> I'm going to record me saying it, play it, reverse it, and then put it on a second track quietly in the background of every fucking podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello, <laughs> so anyway, so while Kildare is investigating the, 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 the these murders that are very extremely reminiscent of the Ratcliffe Highway murders, he is led to a reading room in the library in the British Museum. Uh, so here he finds Thomas de Quincey's essay, the one that I had just mentioned, on murder considered as one of the fine arts. And he finds an account of the last few murders 
of this man that has become known as the Limehouse Golem, and one of the murders is the Ratcliffe Highway murders. Okay. Yes. So. so they reckon the Limehouse Golem could be uh, the one that did the Ratcliffe. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're pretty much certain at this time. At and if you stage. want to know what the Ratcliffe Highway murders are, and you're curious and you think it'll help you figure out this mystery, then head on over to our Patreon. For five euro a month, you get a shitload more. At least, what, like three extra podcasts a week? And one is one called um, uh, Real Monsters. And that one is our companion piece to this. Yes, it is. Where we talk about similar crimes to this. Yes. And the Ratcliffe murders is this week. So go check that out. Yeah. It's gorier than this as well. So I like that. Yeah, that, that, that kind of describes the murders in detail. But. Okay, go for it. So the diary was found by Inspector Kildare and basically it has an account of some murders in it. So the first account is the murder of a young prostitute called Jane Quigg. And the account from that is a bit late. Yeah, it's a bit unsettling. So he accounts, I took her eyes out in case the image had, my image had been imprinted and washed the blood from my hands with gin in her chamber pot. Hold on one second. Yeah. In a time with no fingerprints, mm -hmm. no forensic evidence. No, they have fingerprints. They don't really have They have fingerprints. Yeah, well, look. They didn't have like computer systems that could mash them up instantly. They'd be out for days. They have forensics. They, they didn't have forensics, no. sorry. This dumb motherfucker decides, do you know what? Let's write the evidence down for him. Let's give him the evidence. He wrote it down. Yeah. Be like these days being like, you know what? I'm going to put this on <laughs> Facebook Live. <laughs> Again, there may or may not be, may or may not be a motive for this being written down. Okay. okay, so then there is a second account of a murder, and this is the murder of Solomon Wheel. Wheel, I, I want to make it W A I L. So he, W A I L. E I L. Wheel, maybe. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's Hebrew, but well, it obviously is Hebrew. So he is a Hebrew scholar, and his murder. There's not much said about it, but it's his murder that actually lends it his, the name to the Limehouse Golem. So the Jewish legend, the in Jewish legend, the, the golem is an animated anthropomorphic being that's entirely created from inanimate matter, usually clear mud. So according to Moment magazine, the golem is a highly mutable metaphor with seemingly endless symbolism. So it can be a victim or a villain, a man or woman, or sometimes both. So over the centuries, it has been used to connotate war, hope, community, isolation, and despair. So I tell me if this is insensitive, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking if it's something bad and, 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 and you can't put a name on it, it's a golem. Like, do you, is, is, is that what they're getting from it? Maybe? I'm too sure, but Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. So if you don't know what it is, go find it. Just go on YouTube, type in Simpsons golem, and you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. But, but do you know what? Because the first time I'd say 99% of the people listening to this would have heard the word Gollum would be uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, well, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, probably it's Gollum. kind of, I suppose, like, the idea of a Gollum is to look like that. 
Well, I don't know what no, that No, it's to have that, like, you know the way he was? He was, his, his attitude Disgusting. was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, he'd do or die above anything he'd get that ring. Also, in other words, it is literally like he the absolute worst it's, stereotype it's, of Jewish people that yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the money hungry, that I will do anything for fucking wealth. But he's awful fucking. to Jewish people as well, is what I'm getting well, well, from. Again, it's if Jewish I'm film, wrong, so it's tell me. Yeah, 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 so but it's just what I'm getting from Yeah, okay. So then the and again, in case, just just to just protect in case ourselves, you're wrong, just tell we us. live in Ireland. Yeah. I have never in my life met a Jewish person. I've met one Jewish person. Never in my life have I met a Jewish person. They just they are not in this country, so we do not know. We're not being insensitive. We just do not understand. It's mad. We are I've, ignorant, I've, not yeah. insensitive. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. But I, it's a learning curve, like because mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Anyway, so the third entry in this diary if you call it a diary was probably the most brutal murder so that was as i said the entire jarred family who were slaughtered to commemorate the mar family um so so that was again the, the mar family was part of the ratcliffe highway murders and that was extremely brutal there was 14 year week old if they want to fucking I know, know but i'm just giving them a taste no, no 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 if they want to know they will pay. So this was pretty brutal <laughs> and the Jared family entirely slaughtered. But there's more. There's not just the family. Listen and you'll find more to that one before Josh shoots me. Five-year-old one. Fucking oh three extra boy. podcasts a week. Just a lot. And I am telling you now, five-year-old a month, I am making sense on the hour working on this fucking thing. Anyway, in the British Library, you have to mark out the books that you draw out. Even if you're just going into the reading room, you have to mark yeah, them. Like not, the no, library. no, not you just take them out. No, what I mean is if you're going into the reading room, you mark that you're bringing that book into the reading room. Okay. And then you put it back again. So you have a record of everyone that's ever read Everyone. Because a lot of this would, would, would be artifacts, you know, like very old books. So they need that record even back then. So Inspector Kildare introduces that the Gollum must be one of the four men who were in the library on the date of the last entry into the log for, for this essay. So there, there is a few famous names here and clearly it couldn't have been anybody except, yeah, we go through them. So the first was Dan Lino and we've gone through that. He was, he was obviously the musical theatre guy and he does have a link to the first murder of the Why does he have links to these murders? Well, he was in the British Library. He he was looking at this. So this is the only thing they have him to... No, nope, there is another one in a minute, but I'll go through that in a second. Uh, Karl Marx was also there that day, and he... Yep, so Karl that Marx is, is the same Marxism. German-born philosopher, <laughs> economist, historian, sociologist, political theorist that we all know as in, yes, it was Karl Marx. <laughs> now, he got shitty when he was asked for his handwriting because of the fact that a Hebrew man had just been killed and he you know he was yeah but this as, was before it was taboo yeah, for Germans to kill him but, 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 but this was this was seen as a, as an attack on him like why did, did the Germans hate fucking Jewish people that long mm, it seems like there's a lot of really, them there yeah oh there is but you see it seems like it's um, I mean like when they kind of had the whole Nazi thing it seems like there were so many of them there that I would have said Jewish would have been the primary yeah. German religion like at the time of it or close to it possibly but I also think that would be a very interesting conversation for another podcast <laughs> okay. because we're running on so long yeah we're going 80 minutes so far keep on no I don't mean it like that but I mean I totally get into it but just like bonus episode for Patreon there you go got it in 
Uh, there's uh, George Gissing. I don't know if you know who George Gissing is, but I uh, yeah. So so he was an English novelist. He's not super famous, but he's famous enough. And then there was John Cree. So how was John he? Cree? So he also had his hands on Thomas de Quincey's novel that day of the last entry of the Ratcliffe Highway murders, the murders that were reminiscent. So okay. it had to be one of these people that wrote those diary entries. So one of these people is the murderers. So Inspector Kildare gets handwriting from all three, hand samples from all the alive three, and it matches none of them. But he still has a theory that it could be Danilo. And the reason for that is that into the prostitute's gown, the prostitute that had been killed, there was a label belonging to Dan Lino sewn into the gown. So it was identifying the gown as his. So it was his dress. It was his dress. But it was a stage costume and he had receipts to show that he had sold them in bulk to the same second-hand Draper family. That were killed okay yeah so clear as him but there's still a bit of a weird link there yeah yeah so as they had already discounted dan lino as he had an alibi for a prostitute's murder and obviously his handwriting didn't match new didn't match neither did karen marx or george gissings so obviously it must have been the limehouse golem and the perpetrator of the awful murders was john cree According to Inspector Kildare, John, uh, and basis on the part so of the So remind me again, what murder? How many murders does the Gollum have? So, there's three in the diary, but there's actually four. So Alice Stanton, Staunton, Stanton, I, I'm not too sure. She was a prostitute that was murdered by him as well. Uh, you have uh, Jane Quigg. So she is the prostitute that's murdered, that has her eyes removed because of the whole Wild Wild West theory that she put the eyes in upside down and there is your image. Which I was, oh, that they, he was afraid that if they looked yeah. into the eyes, they'd be able to see his picture. Like. That's it, like, which was okay. a real fear in Victorian times. And uh, you have uh, the the whole Jared family, which was basically the exact same killing as the Meyer family, which we're not going to get so it's too about much four into. Deaths. About four deaths, yeah. It's a whole family. So how many I'm not too sure if their apprentice was killed also. In the, yeah, coming up towards seven. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go too much into, into the... Into and they reckon similarities. John Cree was... That they were his. Officially, yes. Okay. Officially. Officially, yes. Yeah. Because of, if you're obviously... Going by the book. Mm, going by the diary, it had to be John Cree. Going by a few other rumours and maybe a bit of eyewitness so testimony. Going by the book is John Cree if you're a renegade. Yeah. Uh, Mel Gibson type. <laughs> Mel Gibson Pelican Pelican Brief with conspiracy theories yeah <laughs> but uh, no no not even that far I, I really believe this is a possibility but okay. anyway so at the same time that John Kildare was assigned to the case of the Ratcliffe Highway murder or of the, the not the Ratcliffe Highway the, the murders that were reminiscent of the Ratcliffe Highway murders and he was investigating all that he was also following the case of Elizabeth Cree why she was standing trial so she first came to trial in january 1881 and the trial lasted for about four months um she was basically i mean like because of her standing in society where she came from she was dragged really badly by the prosecution why did it take four months if, if she was low down on the totem pole i mean because she sure still had money been, uh, open and close oh, okay yeah so again that was her whole She's reason for marrying john Johnny cochran mm, <laughs> that's it and John uh, Inspector Kildare 
took pity on her when he heard of her, like how bad her upbringing was when she gave testimony to the court and when he saw how badly she was treated by the prosecution and he wanted to help her. And was she claiming any abuse from John Cree? Yes. Yeah, so, so that was, was yeah, I still have to get there. Yet. No, not beating her. He, he did rape her, but that was basically, as in, in her own words, when, again, this is, this is speculation now that we know this is, this is, this is something that John Kerr, that, 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 that Inspector Kildare said to his colleagues, so, so what he would have said to PC Flood, that she, if you remember, she set up the whole thing with, oh, you could sleep with Aveline, the maid, mm -hmm. that she didn't want to sleep with him, but the way he saw it was, you know, I don't ask you for much else. I give you a career, I give you money, you're going to fulfill your womanly, your wife, wife. Well, back in that duties. day, he would have gotten away with it anyway. It but that's it, like, it he, no, yeah, no, it wouldn't have been, but in effect, he did rape her, and that was how oh, yeah. Inspector Modern Kildare Modern standards, it yeah. was rape. And again, for Inspector Kildare was a man that was far beyond, you know, he, 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 he was a man before his time. Do you think she was just like, what is it, is it asexual? Is that the one where they don't like anything? No, I think she was extremely narcissistic. And it was just as in so like she couldn't. So was she, she was fucking herself. She didn't give a shit. <laughs> I think she got off on being adored. That's the thing. I don't think she was as asexual, but I think she got off on people absolutely fucking so loving what she did. Just sleep with groupies, and that's it. Yeah, I think that would have made her happy. Whereas he might have started out like that, but I think John Curry saw what she was, what she really was like, which we, again we're going to go a lot more into. Oh yeah, so so again, she she told Inspector Kildare that in effect, and as as Inspector Kildare saw it, that she was raped by John Curry to fulfil her wifely duties. So I suppose yeah, yeah, that that would have probably been something that stuck with her also. So he set about trying to prove her innocence, seeing if there was some way that he knew she was going to get the death penalty. Do you know, there was no escape of the fact when he saw how badly she was being treated, treated in the court, which well, she was then, like. Yeah. There was no really. Yeah. If you killed uh. someone, you were found guilty, but you were dying. That was it. Uh, <laughs> they no were always going them. to get the person that. That well, you're, you're not going to get a life sentence. There's no such thing as a life sentence mm -mm. back then. It's you're just hanging. No, there was, but it would need to be something like she killed this person because she she was saving other people, or she killed this person. Then you would probably get a life sentence. Well, you but might if have it was away just, we see this then. is the way Inspector Kildare was looking at it. Is there something here that we can, you know, plead for her that yeah. she is not going to be hanged in the morning? And according to PC Flood, he may have. And something that corroborates peace, what PC Flood has had said later in her life, a long time after John Kildare had died, is that on the morning that she was due to hang, she was given an hour's stay. Nobody knows why she was given an hour's stay, but it is documented that she was given an hour's stay of execution. Now, according to John, or to, 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 to Inspector Kildare, it's easier to differentiate between the two of them because his name is John also. But according to Inspector Kildare, he had suspicions that Elizabeth Cree was the Limehouse Column. Yeah. That she had perpetrated the murders. And again, a big reason for that is because she could, he could see her narcissistic side. Why was her husband accused of them? Oh, because just the handwriting. Because the he handwriting. The He's literally the only reason he mm -hmm. was linked to these murders was, was because the book of the handwriting. The library and because the way they saw it was there, and they're right. The murder had to be one of the last people that took out this book on the day of the murders. That was the only thing. Only evidence thing. against him. That was at the all only thing. Was the fact that he had mm. read this book in the library. Yeah. Okay. 
That was 100% the only thing. I was just thing. worried I'd miss something there and I was just wondering. No, that's okay. That's fine. So. Do not read people. It will get you locked up. Stay away from your local library. The cops are watching you there. It's the truth. It's the truth. Fucking truth. So, according to what Inspector Kildare allegedly recounted to PC Flood, was that Lizzie was the Limehouse Golem, and a huge motivation for her, again, is what I was saying with her narcissistic tendencies, and it was 100% a revenge motive, basically. So she knew all these people and she wanted revenge on them for some reason? Yeah, so I'm going to tell you why. Okay. And what, she got the husband to rent out the book for her? I will explain that too. It's all to come. So the revenge motive that she did have was when she adapted her husband's unfinished play, Misery Junction, as we said, that was extremely poorly received. Extremely poorly received. And for someone, as you have pointed out, to commit their whole life to this person for no love whatsoever, and she had done that because she thought this play was her route to stardom someone with extremely narcissistic tendencies is going to hold a grudge against the everybody that did not adore her in that play when she had come from a place so of absolute fucking Unless stardom. you had a ticket stub for this play, nope. you were her enemy. Nope. You didn't come not to the play, you must die. Nope, it was her way of getting revenge was that she would show them that she was truly an artist and she would turn the whole of the Limehouse area into her stage. So everybody so would be looking at her. So she saw her murders as art. It's one of these murders, exactly like one of these serial killers that you'd see so in the newspapers now that wants to be known, wants to be I kill she these was, people and yeah, I would not need it. Exactly like that. Because she saw everything yeah. is a work of art. Yeah. And she was so like, fuck she, it, like, if you're not going to like me on the stage, you like are going to, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Okay. PC Flood wasn't privy to all the information that Inspector Kildare had. PC Flood, and I'd be honest with you, all I can picture is like British fucking kids shows when I was like a child. Do you, you want to know, know like something when better? Like, when I was sick and I was at my nan's, uh, because my mom was at work and I was at school, and she put on like the children's channel for me, TCC, for those who remember you were old, like me. Amy with me right here cannot remember the children's channels. TCC, she cannot remember. And she's only three years younger than me. And that fucking freaks me out because I, I, this was a huge part of my childhood and she acts like it never fucking happened. Never happened. It's TCC like Pirate Cove. Pirate Cove, that's what you were looking at. But whenever I hear PC Flood, I just literally think of like the uh, show on TCC. You, I'm telling you now, you missed out on a fucking part of your fucking childhood by losing out on TCC. TCC was like, you know the way the lads have CBBs? Mm -hmm. That's what it was for us. And it was, it was awesome. Do you know something better? Mm. My granddad's urologist. I don't know how this relates to kids TV, but go ahead. And you're about Flood? <laughs> his dog, he's his urologist, and he used to get a great kick out of it. And I'm just going to say, Dr. Flood was actually a urologist <coughs> in, you, in, in, in the hospital in Limerick. But he used to love to tell people that his urologist's name was Dr. Flood, and it actually legitimately was. <laughs> okay. I think that's good. <laughs> that's exactly the reaction that he'd be open to get. He would love to talk to that, to tell you that. 
Hey you, want to be the coolest horror nerd at the party? Then come check out our new line of merch at teespring.com. We got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and mugs with new products being added constantly. Support your favorite podcast by wearing the merch. Post your new gear on Instagram and tag us for 10% off your next purchase. That's www.teespring.com forward slash it's a live alive shop. Make your style alive alive today at teespring.com teespring.com is a third party company all issues questions and refunds should be directed to them it's not our fault why are you screaming at me it's my first day fucking a quick get your own fucking t-shirts back to the show but anyway PC flood (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he was not privy to all the information but from what professor professor (laughs) inspector said he had some inclinations what he obviously what he was getting at and he pieced together some information for himself and what he gets at does make sense so i didn't touch on it when i was going through the diary entries for a reason so it would make more sense if i actually used it in conjunction with why we think it was lizzie so the account of the murder of the Jared family which was identical basically to the Ratcliffe Highway murders quote basically from the diary Ratcliffe was a tour de force and as an actor may take home a program as a souvenir so I returned with a blood-soaked shawl belonging to the clothes seller's wife the next night fearful of discovery I ventured to destroy it therein lay my mistake There were no questions asked, no recriminations. I believed a homemade punishment may be planned for me instead. Okay. So, now, if we take... What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) For us that don't speak Shakespeare. The killer believed that the the murder of the Jared family was an absolute, like like he said, a tour de force. It was um, perfect. It went off perfectly. He was happy with it. Like it was unreal. Perfect game. Yeah. Uh, So then he took home, he, she, took home a blood-soaked shawl because he started obviously to become one of these souvenir killers, maybe. And then they got cold feet about having the shawl on them in the house and they decided to get rid of him. But obviously they were discovered getting rid of the shawl. Now, whether that was burning or throwing it out or whatever, they were discovered. Now, if you take into account the fact that this piece, uh, this diary entry was written on the same night as the family were killed and the same night that John Cree was poisoned, which was proven by the autopsy. So you're saying this was written the night he was poisoned, which means he was dead and couldn't have written this. He was dead and couldn't have written it, by the space of maybe a few hours. But also... It might have also been like a last confession, so is what you're saying. No, it was a... If, if you look at the last line of the diary entry, I believed a homemade punishment may be planned for me instead. What PC Plot was getting at was that Lizzie was discovered getting rid of the blood-soaked shawl. Okay. Oh, why she was getting rid of that, John Cree discovered her. And to stop her from being found out, she poisoned her husband. So that was the homemade remedy. That was the homemade remedy. Exactly. Yes, just drug this guy and get rid of it. And if you look at it at the same time, the fascination with the Ratcliffe murders is too much. It happens, plo- I mean, like... Why? Why is it? Why, why, what's the sense in this? Like, why did they decide to copy that? 
and why is it such a hot point for this killer? So the, the main the main reason with her was it was very unusual for her to be there at, at the time. No, so I'm no like, no I'm I'm getting there. Why the fascination was with the Rackle Fiber Warders? But all I mean is like we just came out of the Ghostface trilogy, mm. and I could tell you exactly why the second and third set of Ghostface copied the first set of Ghostface. Why is this person copying Ratcliffe Highway Murders? Because Ratcliffe Highway Murders shocked. There was about 180,000 people that turned up for that funeral. So it was like Nancy. It was exactly like I said it was to turn the whole Limehouse area into a stage, which is exactly what happened for the Ratcliffe. Like the second, uh, like the second massacre, where na basically Nancy wanted to use what she used the mask that her son wore to get the fucking the the people going again, and then did the live show mm. for everybody and stabbed this woman right in front of everybody and exactly. got away with it, and that was kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think she was. It was the publicity. I don't ever think that stunt. as good as she ever would have been, she was never going to get up on hey, the people into music hall. It was like, Whereas hey, if this. she killed this family, this it killer got 180,000 hey, people. Hey, remember this murder. Now watch me top it. Yeah. Basically. Oh, he, she, she killed more That's than the original. Like, yeah, so I was yeah. like, hey, remember this one that got your attention. Now, Here, get your attention again. Now I'm going to top this one. I Again, this, one. this is speculation, but from what PC Flawed was kind of getting at that Jock Dare had said to him and the unexplained stay of execution. I mean, like, when does that ever happen? Really? How does she get that then? But that's it. Like, we are not sure how she got that. Like, but if you go from what PC Flawed was saying, it makes sense that she would have got the stay of execution. Because obviously, Kildare, if he had known that she was the Limehouse Gollum, and he would have gotten to speak with her. I think that like, if it was me and I realized what her game was, I'd have been like, fuck you, you're hanging for the, the, the death of your husband, not for the death of these people. Like, So you reckon she wanted fame? That's what she was looking for. She wanted to be, same way I described Stu and all the other, uh, Stu and Mickey Altieri and yeah. Roman's B fucking plan, plan B, it was to be the famous psycho killer. That's what I that. would think. And what a lot of the evidence that, that I just gave from PC Flood. Do you know, at the time where women would have been second class citizens, you think that was a kind of a power play of, look at me, I'm a woman and I did what you thought a man did. And I fucking killed all these people, fuck you. Yes and no, I think it might have been a very, very small part. But I think, I, I again, I think like, like a huge thing of like it is completely taking the sexes out of it. That like it was like a... I'm going to kill all these people and I'm going to be a better entertainer than I was ever was on this stage. It was stage. solely an entertainer. Mm, to her, it was literally it solely was, an These people piece. are looking at her. These people are not even adoring her, but talking about her. Like, she's famous. Everybody knows her. Like, And a lot of what I've been talking about so far from PC Flood has been kind of like, oh, well, she said this and she said that. And, but a major thing, again, now this is PC Flood saying that PC, you know, PC Flood said this, but according to Inspector Kildare, he went to her cell and he asked for permission to obtain handwriting from John Cree from something in the house that had been there that they could 100% identify him as the Limehouse Gollum to make it look like, oh, you're the Limehouse Gollum, so you're my husband, but I'm going to kill you, so maybe I'm only going to get life in jail. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if it was as brazen as this or if PC Flood was just embellishing. But apparently, as Lizzie was writing this permission slip that, you, you know, you have, hus you, you have permission to go through my husband's belongings and get through this, 
that instead of writing, you have permission to go through my husband's belongings. It was, I am the golem. But oh. yeah. Now, according to Kildare, the handwriting was identical. But when he caught on to what PC Flood had been saying, he was basically like, on my side, what I had said. Fuck this. Do you know, she is not dying as, oh, the person that killed this many people. John Cree is going to be the murderer and she is going to be the person that she killed. Well, that's not a fucking shitty thing to do to John Cree who goes down instead of being a fucking playwright is being a serial killer. Can Just to stop this woman no, from getting no, recognition no, no. of being a monster. I get you, but how do you... I understand that John mentality Cree is at the famous. time, but right now I'm right, like, right, right now shit. John Cree is famous from a from from maybe that yeah, was something well, that's he wanted. Because now we know no, she's I get the killer. You. We don't know that she's the killer. Officially on record, John Cree is the killer. I think that's quite sad though, because I think going from Lizzie, she in another life she would have been an amazing role model for any woman. She would so, have like she came from a lot like uh, that would have taken a lot of guts and balls. So what do you time. feel? Do you think it was definitely her? Do you think the husband had anything to do with it? Do you think he was partially to it? There was the two of them. Do you think? What's your opinion on this? Well, I think that the fact that Aveline testified that she made the drink for him every single night, it was concluded that there was poison in the drink and then there was a lot of testimony. I mean, like, she was pretty fucked up from childhood. Do you know, she was one of these people that I don't think really, you know, really... So what, sorry, uh, you kind of stopped there halfway when you were saying it. Yeah. She was making the drink every night, but this particular night she did not make no, the drink. No, she didn't make the drink that night. She made the drink the night before so John Cree's murder. Aveline made the drink no. every night. No, Aveline testified oh, that, that Lizzie the wife made the drink every single night. And then Lizzie was like, oh, I don't know if I made the drink last night. John might have made it. And Aveline was like, no, you do it every night. Aveline was making the drink every night, except for this one night where she Lizzie, for whatever reason, I don't know why Lizzie clung to that. Lizzie insisted that she would make his drink every single night. So I reckon this was all planned from the start because of the fact that she insisted on making his drink every single night, insisted and made a point of insisting that hold on hold up a moment she every was, night we go to bed we have a cup of tea you, you make my you cup insist tea. on making my cup of tea every fucking okay my name isn't Lizzie because that would happen and burn the churches I'm just yeah I was just about to point out that this is the same guy who's telling you to burn the churches people in Norway don't listen to this there's enough of that shit over there please you're on a, you, I'm just going to say it right now. When you say it like that, you're on, you sound like you're on about Santa. <laughs> anyway, I do think it was Lizzie. I think that she was fucked up from, from childhood. Who wouldn't fucking be? Like, like genuinely. Yeah? I mean, like, everywhere she turned, uh, she, 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 she finds the life that she wants to leave. She's fucking sexually assaulted there. She gets married. She's raped there. But she eventually <laughs> dies for the murder of her husband. Husband. Rather than every other murder. And uh, what was the case? Like her, her the build up to her, her execution was there. You said there was like that stay. Oh yeah, there was, no there was an hour stay. There is no, we officially on record there is an hour stay, but there is no indication of why there is an hour stay. Nothing, there is no nothing, rumor, no nothing. Nothing, only what we have to go from, from PC Flood. When you look at the psychology that we know now, the psychology of murderers and how things come to be, when you really look at Elizabeth, it had to be her. 
suppose you'll never know. You'll never know. And you know what's really interesting? Actually, a year afterwards, Dan Lino actually put it together. It was a slightly tweaked version of Misery Junction, but it was called The Crease at Misery Junction. And again, it was about... It was about the, the killing of them. Hmm? How did that do? That did all right until the part where Aveline playing Lizzie was supposed to get hanged and the harness wasn't working properly. So then she got hanged actually on stage. So really, the actress got hanged. Aveline on. died. Yeah. So, 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 so she, she, uh, John's mistress. Yeah, that's it. So she died and then John Cree, not what John Cree, can... sorry, Dan Lino took over her part for the night. So what we can say is one of the two of them was the Limehouse Golem. One of the two of them were the Limehouse Golem, but I know as a woman that it was Lizzie. Lizzie or John, one of the two had something to do with this. You reckon Lizzie? It does sound like Lizzie. I am saying that. She admits to it, so I mean... You see, she is, according to Inspectacle Dare, she admits to it. Well then, we'll have to stick with that, I suppose. I don't know. What do you think? um, From what I've talked about. Hopefully coherent. Well, I mean, like, fucking, if I was, like, a jury, you're looking at me and you're saying, at this point, the evidence against John is he read a book. The evidence against Lizzie is she admitted to it. <laughs> so, I mean... Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Another point, another point is she could have signed herself in as John Cree. Well, I was guessing that, that was being from her wife, drag, like, from, at the time. But no, like, but not just as, because, well, she, because she was well you know able what, to pass off as a man you know what, from what, her what drag in my, See, I didn't even think of that. My mentality was because of the time. Mm. That, realistically, if you were signing into something as official as the library... And you were going as a man, but then you were dead No, no, but you're married. <laughs> you're probably going to sign in as your husband. Your yeah. husband's probably going to be the one to have the account, and you would sign in because you're his wife. You count as the next no. person in there, like Then no? you would sign in as Mrs. John Cree. It's the same way as Princess Michael of Kent. It's Princess Michael of Kent, even though she's a princess. Anyway, that's all I was thinking. But, no, uh, no, 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 it is, it's a what, valid point. No, no, but, but from what, what you just, said to yeah. me, I mean, obviously, again, he is accused of reading a book. She admitted to it. So, I mean, if you're saying, who do I think did it? Probably the one that said she did it. He's not just accused of reading a book. He's accused of renting out that book and entering that diary entry on the same day as the Ratcliffe Highway murders. But you also say that her fucking handwriting matches the handwriting. According so to, to Inspector Kildare. So fucking... According is. to Inspector Kildare from PC Flood, which is, I suppose, you're saying. in Victorian times, one cop is as good as a hundred fucking cops back then saying it, yes or no, because they don't have any signs to go on. They're going on their fucking gut feeling. You no, know? I get It would be different if it was modern time. Then you'd be like, well, yeah, he might just be a kooky cop if he doesn't have the evidence. But when you're going like a hundred years ago when they had no forensics and they had nothing but their hunches and their, their witnesses and maybe a fingerprint. Definitely a fingerprint. You kind of have to go with, like, all right, well, if he said it, then he's probably right. Like, you know, this guy's probably going to be good at his job. And, again, if the accusations are the evidence in front of us is this man has never actually been accused of anything. No one's ever actually came forward and said this guy's a bad guy, but he rented this book one. He read he this book. He did rape his wife, though. I mean, I remember up until 19-fucking-80... It wasn't illegal in this country. That's... Oh, I was about to say that's 20 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> 40, oh, my God. Did you just say that was about 
20 years ago. We're now in 2023 years ago. I know where I am. Yeah, I didn't really go into any of the murders tonight. There was too much to get through, actually. Like, do you like to actually like talk about how people are killed and their brains thrown all over the shop? But again, that's for another podcast. If you want to hear that podcast, you just got to pay five euro and go to www.patreon.com forward slash IAA pod. Anyway. Again, it is 3 a.m. Motherfucker, we had a night shift now. You know, if we were like on a radio station, we would be the. Uh, to be honest, we would suit the night shift. I think we would. It would be I like metal music and dark to bring us stories. in at 9 o'clock in the morning because I don't think the 9 o'clock crowd would like us. I would fucking love that job. I'm telling you now, if this podcast thing eventually ends up with like Radio Kerry saying, oh, do you want to do 12 to 3 a.m. every night? I'd be like, yes! If they could we were guarantee us We're going to play like 70s and 80s rock and we're going to talk about fucking serial killers and we're going to have fun. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Okay. Josh is gone, you don't got to worry about it. Dr. HR Smokestine is back in the house and we are finished. I'm done. You done? Yeah. Okay. See you bye. next week when it's my turn again. Thank you. Love you. Bye bye. Hey, lady. I love you. Bye bye.